and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace on the homestead, Millard and Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... I have never witnessed any play, and this this is saying something because last night, like I thought, Vegas cut it close uh, after that first period, and you thought, like they they can't keep doing this uh, with the with the first periods. I've never witnessed anybody cut it closer uh, to doing their job than Chapman does. Like he comes in here as the as the second hand <laughs> is sweeping up, and then gets going, and he'll finish his yeah. setup. He'll actually finish the setup. By 5.55. And then it's time to go. No, no, he doesn't. It's 58 today. No, no, no. I'm talking 5.55. Like two minutes to go in our, in our show. He'll finally finish the setup. And then it'll be time to walk okay. out the show. You do. Like, you just come gotcha. in here at the gotcha. last minute and just, like... There's no, no, uh, no urgency at all. <laughs> well, I don't need to be urgent. I mean... And then, and then he's mad when not, something's not quite set up right. Ah, these people got to get yeah, going. Well, they got to learn this. They, and then he's into full scramble mode because he's coming in at 10 seconds to the air. I, and I just, you know what I did? I just sat here and took it all in and then hey, waited to talk about it on the air. Yeah. yeah. Full, di- full disclosure, yeah. I was connected about uh, 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I fully expect so, it. Yeah, well, I, I don't. No, no, no need to scramble. No. no. No, no, no scramble. No, I, I, the, the thing is, we would be perfectly fine, but now I have to remember <laughs> that we have another show and people don't always change things back to the way that they were when they set right. up. So, and the best part is, he's just sitting down the hall and he doesn't come in here any earlier. <laughs> oh. Like he's, he's 15 feet away and he doesn't come in any earlier. A little, it's, little it's, further than that. It, it's, it's okay. Like, <laughs> Forty-five feet, yeah, probably closer to a hundred, yeah. and, and and he still doesn't take the chance to to come in earlier, and then he's mad, uh, which is uh, what we're going to do today. We're going to turn that around today. We're gonna we're gonna make his uh, his anger. Uh, into some fun, just like the Golden Knights did last night in between the first and the second. They flipped that switch, and it uh, turned into a victory. And congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. I just want to acknowledge right now, before we get into all the playoff talk, the series, the heroics last night, uh, a little bit uh, of history was made on the ice in St. Paul last night. Two major points. A regulation win at XL Energy Center by the Golden Knights. Never happened yep. before, Ryan. Number yep. two, yeah. the Golden Knights have now won consecutive games at XL Energy Center for the first time in franchise history. This dates back to the regular season three weeks ago. And so mm-hmm. two major significant events along with the most important part is a 2-1 series lead in the best of seven. But we're, we're starting to see. I'm not saying it's over uh, by a long shot. It's not <laughs> over. But but that whole narrative about Minnesota uh, is being just chipped away at by that victory last night. Yeah, I, I think that you're kind of starting to see that early stages of 
what we went through with the Golden Knights last season with St. Louis, where you get a couple of wins, albeit in crazy, weird fashion, and then you come into this season with a little bit more confidence against the Blues, and the Golden Knights played incredibly well this season against the Blues. We were able to turn that script around in terms of, of regular season performance. Now, what you're seeing with, with Minnesota is the last you know, three games that they have played in XL Energy Center have been really strong games for the Golden Knights. Throw out the first period last night, I think you can still say those final two periods Excellent job by the Golden Knights. Now, you're seeing that that page kind of being turned for the Golden Knights in that building. And as you mentioned, not over by a long shot. I think Minnesota's got a lot of pushback, and they are going to be a hard, a very difficult out for the Golden Knights. But getting that confidence in that building, doing it in regulation, especially after you started the way you did in the first period, is huge for Vegas's confidence moving forward. How did you... We'll deal with the comeback in a second, but the the, the first yeah. period because you have to almost deal with them separately. The first period and the second period because there were two <laughs> yeah. absolutely different events. Uh, the first yeah. period was it as bad as the score indicated, or did the score uh, sort of blur the vision? Um, I, I mean, I think that it was pretty bad. Like I, I, you know, I look at at the Golden Knights, and, and I just didn't see a team that was engaged in in winning the battles, right? Like winning the board battles, and, and they didn't do in terms of, of what I wanted to see from them looking at, at wanting to have a, a mm-hmm. strong start. They just didn't control the play. They didn't control the puck. And I Shots were 7-4. They were, they were, it was I, only 7-4. I, I know, but when, when the Minnesota Wild got their looks, they were right in front of the net. They got second and third opportunities. Like they were right right there so i mean the score certainly dictates that it was it was a a a bad period for the golden knights by their standards um but again i i just think it wasn't so much the score it was the way the golden knights were playing i just didn't think that they were engaged and ready to go in that game i've heard from a couple of different people that the score uh, was not indicative uh, indicative of the, uh, the the Golden Knights' performance in that first period, and that it wasn't all that doom and gloom. Now, yeah, allowing two goals and almost a third, well, you did allow a third, it just didn't count, uh, was was significantly uh, bad. Uh, it it was disastrous, uh, in, in almost on any other night. It's it's uh, doomed to fail you uh, for the for the end result, uh, and you look back at it. No, they didn't generate a lot. They didn't allow a lot, but they didn't generate a lot. So I I, I can see where that narrative would come from. Uh, yeah. I'm not fully on board with it, but boy, did they get a break on that offside goal. It was the quickest review, by the way. I've ever witnessed <laughs> in the National yeah. Hockey League, and and uh, I, I I kind of expected somebody to be uh, trapped in the corner that that nobody saw. Like the the original re- reason why they instituted video review uh, on offside when Kyle Turris was 13 feet inside the blue line and nobody saw him, and the and the goal had to stand back when he was yeah. uh, with um, Colorado. The like I expected something like that. It was close. I, I can't believe they, they did the review that fast, but uh, Dave Rogowski, video review uh, for the Golden Knights, uh, called it. They challenged, and they were right. Uh, do you, did you 
it's easy to say we like the call, but do you think it was a no-brainer to challenge that just because you're already down you're already down a couple? Uh, mm-hmm. You might as well take your shot because if what what's the big difference? Uh, if 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 you lose the challenge, you're on the penalty kill. Uh, you're down three anyway. Like you might as well take your shot. That I, it all, I almost got the feeling that that was the case why they challenged it because it ended up being a, a lot closer than uh, than what uh, the, the the time of the review indicated. Yeah, the the tough part for for me is that you know we didn't get too many looks at a replay, right? Like so, I I I didn't really know one one way or another if it was going to come back or not. That all being said, I, I think your point's well taken in that you know you you're you're trying to prevent going down three nothing. The Golden Knights have have had a strong penalty kill all all season long. So I think if you're Pete DeBoer in that situation, you trust your penalty kill to kind of come through for you. And maybe that can be a spark should you lose the challenge. But, you know, I think in that situation, you're looking for a way to change momentum. You're looking for a way to maybe just slow the game down a little bit and, and change something. And, you know, it, it worked out in the Golden Knights favor. They were able to get that goal taken off the board and you know you you look back hindsight 2020 and you say that's the beginning of of kind of what went right the rest of the night for the golden knights yeah it was worth risking uh, a penalty and going on the penalty kill at that point because everything was going south anyway so why not why not take your shot and and they did and some whatever happened whether it was mark stone that spoke and we heard that uh, pete DeBoer had uh, had a couple of things to say Uh, riley smith said everybody uh, kind of stood up or, or uh, going back to the room, uh, offered up uh, their opinion on what was going on. Uh, and then I heard from somebody else today that, uh, that it was kind of just uh, n- not calm, but uh, frustration, but not one of those like uh, ranting and raving sessions. So there, there, there's a mixed bag of reaction and, and what, uh, what was served up and, and what happened during that intermission. But that's that's two intermissions in a row where the Golden Knights have turned things around and come out and played a much better game in, in the second, the game two, and then game three. Yeah, I I mean it it it's one of those things where you know we've we've heard from Pete DeBoer all season long that this is a group that kind of self corrects, right? Like that as as a coach, there are times where you know you you want to make a statement, you want to teach a lesson but the group already has a keen eye on what needs to be better and how to go about fixing it so you know I I think the fact that the Golden Knights the last two games not happy with their first periods going into the room and correcting the course for the rest of the game is just kind of reinforcing what we know of this team that that they know what the standard is and when they're not playing to that standard they're all going to hold each other accountable to try to get back to what they need to do to win a hockey game. Impressive, Mark Stone. If he was the one that was talking during the uh, during the intermission, he went out and led by example, and uh, that that immediately, like you think you're three nothing down, the challenge makes it a two goal game, and then Mark Stone scores. Like it, it, with with one goal, you you've trimmed a deficit from three to one. And you're right back in the game, and like Minnesota didn't have a chance after that. I realize that there was more than half the game to go, but yeah. the way they it turned around, I I wasn't even sure Mark Andre Fleury was still in the net. 
three quarters of the way through <laughs> the second period. Yeah, I, there. I mean, there wasn't really much until kind of that late push mm-hmm. in the third period by Minnesota. But yeah, I mean, the Golden Knights shut it down, right? Like they were able to really control play. They did not allow Minnesota many many quality first looks, uh, much less second or third opportunities. And you know, for the Golden Knights, they they were were desperate. Uh, they were they were that team that had the urgency in the second and third period, and it almost felt like the Minnesota Wild after two peri- after the first period thought that gold- the Golden Knights were just going to kind of pack it in, like that they weren't going to come out and push back. And I don't buy that. Do you? Did. Do you? you I don't I do. buy that yeah. Minnesota thought I, that 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 Vegas I, was was gonna, not after what happened in Game Two. I I think that they. They looked at that first period. They looked at how frustrated the Golden Knights were. There's two choices, right? You can either get frustrated and pack it in, or you can you can push back. I I believe the Golden Knights were going to push back. I knew they were going to come with a different look or just just come with something more. But I think the Minnesota Wild thought that 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 was a game in which they they were kind of breaking the Golden Knights down. I, I do. I I look at it from the other point of view that that Vegas flexed its muscle, and these are two even teams, but. Uh, I think we all agree that the Golden Knights are ahead of schedule uh, compared to the Minnesota Wild as far as competing for a Stanley Cup. Certainly coming into this year, the Minnesota Wild weren't talking about winning the Stanley Cup. They were talking about uh, the process and taking steps, and uh, they really like to make the playoffs. That changed about halfway through the year where they thought they could contend uh, with the upper echelon teams in in the West Division. Vegas has been put together, assembled to win right now. And while there are two teams that are equal on a number of fronts, uh, there's a difference between these teams when everything's going right. And last night, it was like Vegas just flexed and went, we are the bigger, stronger, faster team. And it looked like that. I don't think there's as big a difference as what that second period showed. But certainly, uh, the the, the Golden Knights took control, grabbed control uh, uh, of the game, in my opinion, more than the the Minnesota Wild just surrendered it. Well, I I don't I mean I don't think that the the Minnesota Wild surrendered it. I think that they went into that second period thinking that it wasn't going to be as difficult as the Golden Knights made it. Like it's it's all about momentum shifts, right? Like it's all about trying to to take over parts of the game and and when you have the game in hand, you're you're trying to kind of just score more goals in those periods where where you are playing your game and for, for the Vegas Golden Knights, it was an onslaught over and over and over again after the Mark Stone goal. And for the Minnesota Wild, they just they never really got their footing. And, and again, I, I think that, that you have a team that is feeling confident. They're playing free in Minnesota. They, they know that they're, they're probably ahead of schedule in terms of where they're at in their development. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where we all know the narratives going into Minnesota. We all know that the Golden Knights hadn't won a regulation game there. And you look at a team down 2 nothing in the first period, I, I think that the Minnesota Wild maybe took the Golden Knights for granted a little bit there. Did, did I, I really the Golden do. Knights take Minnesota for granted in the first? Perhaps, yeah. I, or that or, you know, again, like the mystique of the building, right? Like there yeah. are a lot of different things that, that can kind of, enter into your mind and you're down you know one nothing early in the game then two nothing then three nothing and it, it kind of snowballs and I, I think you're you're just kind of hoping for that reset and for the golden knights just kind of getting out there and saying you know what we're down two nothing let's just leave it all on the ice let's just go out there prove we're the better team and if over the course of the final 40 minutes we can score more goals than they have 
great. And and I think that that's what it was. I don't disagree with, with you in saying that the Golden Knights went out there and said, you know what? We're just going to wake up and play our game because we're the better team. I don't think that that's off base at all. I think that's exactly what they did. I don't know why Minnesota wasn't ready for it, but I think Minnesota figured Vegas just wasn't going to come with that in the second period. I don't uh, this, know why. This is a little off topic, uh, but uh, I had a conversation with uh, with Linda Cohn and, and Scott Lachlan this morning on, on NHL radio, and we were talking about shifts in momentum and, 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 and – yeah where that comes from and and how it happens and consistency within a game. And I I watch I watch all sports, I watch a lot of uh kids sports and and athletics and and coaches are are talking about consistency and uh pulling putting in the full effort of of uh whether it's a 30 minute game or a 45 minute game or an hour whatever. They 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 beg of their players and and try and drill at home. And then I watch something like what we've witnessed the last two games uh, in in this series, and I'm thinking, how how can kids like in 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 youth basketball or baseball or hockey uh, ever be expected to put in a, a, a complete game effort when we're seeing these incredible shifts uh, in 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 professionals that that. Can, can ride a wave one period and be a, a totally different different group in, in the next. It's it's fascinating to me that we're watching the game at the highest level and there's still that uh, that variance in game. Never mind game to game. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because you know you've you've got players on both sides that are are so incredibly talented right. and so incredibly good at what they do and the the expectation that you know the better team through 60 minutes is going to be the better team through 60 minutes at all the time is it's just wrong because you're you're always going to have those periods where you either get behind or you get ahead, and when you're ahead, you naturally kind of pull off the gas a little bit, or when you're behind, you're going to push a little bit harder. Like uh, Sports is, is amazing because you know that there are going to be those periods where you're in complete control, and then all of a sudden, you're holding on white knuckle because you don't want to lose a lead. Like it, It's why hockey is so fascinating. It's why sports are so fascinating because – you have those pockets, those opposing forces, and both teams are out there wanting to do the same thing, and that's win the hockey game. Where are you on this series now? After the <laughs> the second period, where yeah. Vegas takes control, and yeah, there was a push. Petrangelo throws that puck off the line, but you you kind of like once William Carlson made a four two, I felt pretty yeah. good, uh, and yeah. and I was feeling fairly. It was the most comfortable one goal lead that I've experienced in a while uh, when, when they did have the advantage uh, from the second period on uh, Petrangelo. Brilliant. He, heroic. Uh, I still don't understand how Mark Andre Fleury makes a catch behind his back, but that's what Mark Andre Fleury does. So uh, those were, those were two unique events uh, that, uh, that contributed to uh, making it interesting down the stretch, but you also have to couple it with the first period and in game two, you have to look at the heroics of Marc Andre Fleury in the first period and how the team responded in the second and third. It feels like, with all the steps that the Golden Knights have taken in the in the last couple of games and the significance of of winning in regulation in Minnesota and now winning back to back uh, games in Minnesota, uh, going back to the regular season, that we should feel 
really optimistic and and confident yeah. in the Golden Knights. But then I I have to remind myself of of where I was uh, emotionally after the first period last night. And it it wasn't very confident uh, with, with two periods to go looking at uh, at a deficit in the series. So, uh, where are you in looking at the series big picture? Yeah, that's a, a really big question, and and I don't know that I I don't know that I know where I'm at with this series. Like I look at the last two games from a Minnesota perspective, and uh, you know I I think you know you you go in you play well. Right, you play well in that first period. Mark Andre Fleury's fantastic in Game Two. You end up losing the game in Vegas. Okay, you get a split. That's fine. You come home. You know how good you are in that building, and then you just you have a great first period in terms of production. And then the Golden Knights blitz you, and and you have really no answer through 40 minutes. It's it, you're outshot 36 to nine. You give up five goals in that span, and so for me, like I, I wonder if the Minnesota Wild are sitting there saying. Okay, the Golden Knights realize that that they they're the team that that has the they're the favorite for a reason, mm-hmm. and they they've kind of figured something out. And and I don't know if that's kind of where Minnesota's coming from right now. But if it's, I'm the it's, Golden Knights, it's not. I've I've listened to them uh, their media uh, press conferences they, and zooms. They're they're a confident group. Yeah. They they and they should feel like yeah. they're very close. If if I'm the Golden Knights. That's exactly how I feel. We figured it out. We we've we've won in this building. We've scored in this building. We've had three really strong games in this building. And right now, if I'm the Golden Knights, I go into game 4 with all the confidence in the world, but understanding that you've got to dial it in from puck drop. Like the Golden Knights cannot have many more first periods where they just don't get to their game because if you do, the Minnesota Wild are good enough to bury their chances and build a quick lead early on in a game. Brian, Vegas hasn't scored a first-period goal in the series, and they've allowed the first goal all three games in the series. So uh-huh. there's there's just a, a couple of notes that remind you that it's still very tenuous, even though uh, you feel confident about what's happened head-to-head and what's happened in Minnesota. It's like it was such a lo- long journey and such a big hill to climb uh, beating this club that the steps that they've taken the last two should feel should feel like you cover more ground than you really have for for me like the 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 ability to find the back of the net in the second period was great but I'll tell you I didn't at any point in time in the third period, feel like the, the Minnesota Wild were going to come back. And no, I didn't either. I, I'm I, with you. I didn't feel that at all. And that, to me, honestly, was the first time in watching Vegas and Minnesota in Minnesota where I felt like the Golden Knights were going to lock it down, where where I wasn't concerned that it was just a one-goal lead. And and I don't know if that's telling or or if my gut's giving me something that that I I'm you know I'm trying to dance around or or not admit right now because I know a lot of people will get mad at me if I say anything that's remotely overconfident. But I think there's a lot that the Golden Knights no, pull out it. of those final be, be two Be overconfident. Periods. Be overconfident. Be that guy. Come on. I I think that I think that that game was an absolute backbreaker for the Minnesota Wild. Are you crazy? You can't say I, no, stuff like that. Okay, that's fine. Um, I I do. I'm sorry. Like Chapman shaking this, this his is head. A, 
this is this is a team that that I I think coming into this series, I feel like Minnesota had to have the games at home, mm-hmm. and y- this is one of those situations where now you've lost two in a row to Vegas. That doesn't happen to you. You've lost in your own building. That doesn't happen to you. You've allowed a bunch of goals. That doesn't happen to you. I think that the Golden Knights should be incredibly confident going into Game 4, and they should use that to their advantage, not to be overconfident, but to go out there and just try to put Minnesota away. Try to make this team have doubts about how long this series can go. I'm not confident. Like, I'm confident. I'm not overconfident. Let's just put it that way. And, and, and I keep going back to the feeling after the first... I. I thought this game, this series would go six. Yeah. Uh, it may, it may still go six, or it may go seven. It's just they're so even. Can Cam yeah. Talbot make all the saves that that Mark Andre Fleury is making? I don't know. Uh, can the can the uh, Minnesota Wild find a way to get the Kirill Kaprizov more uh, looks, better looks, uh, open up the ice a, a, a little bit? I don't know, but. I still think this is going to be a long series, but having a 2-1 lead after what happened in game one and being blanked and losing yep. in overtime, best case scenario, baby. And uh, we'll go back at it uh, tomorrow uh, in St. Paul. And, of course, the pregame show, 5 o'clock tomorrow? Or 4 o'clock pregame show tomorrow? There it is. 4 o'clock four pregame o'clock. show. Yep. Yeah, I try. Well, I knew the game was at five, and then I have to back time because, and then I always have to do this adjustment because your pregame show is different than my pregame show, and uh, yeah. So five o'clock is game time. Four o'clock is the pregame show on the VGK Radio Network and Fox Sports Las Vegas with Ryan Wallace. We will promote it throughout the show. We're going to take a break right now. Our ratings and uh, some sound from Pete DeBoer uh, coming up later in the show. You don't want to miss Alec Martinez and Nick Holden. We'll bring you some uh, some of their interactions. Nick Holden is my favorite Golden Knight uh, right now, and uh, he will remain so for the next little bit, not just uh, because of his offensive punch last night, but what he did today. And uh, we'll expand on that as we continue on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Vegas. Cross-ice pass, Reeves finds Holden. Banks it off the boards, out in front, and they score! Holden banked it off the boards, and off the goal line, Patrick Brown was there! Holden does this on purpose, Dan. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. You know when you're talking to somebody and you're thinking, like, answer me. Can you say something again? Answer me. This isn't a Chapman Millard thing. But that, that's what the uh, that's what the uh, the conversations like between the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights right now. Because the Golden Knights are like uh, three unanswered and then five unanswered. Uh, in back-to-back games uh, to take a 2-1 series lead in this one. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace of the BGK Insider Show. Let's bring in a couple of good buddies of ours. Uh, George Cole, sportsbook manager at the Orleans, along with uh, Rennie Warner, director of food and beverage at the Orleans, to talk about all the festivities uh, going on with Boyd Gaming surrounding the Golden Knights uh, playoff run. Uh, George, Renee, how are you guys? Great, thank you. Yeah. I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having us on. Uh, looking uh, forward to uh, being out there with the uh, the pregame show and uh, all the uh, seeing all the festivities uh, firsthand. So, uh, first of all, George, uh, give us an idea of uh, what you guys have structured and and special events uh, that you have uh, going on around this VGK run. Well, right now, I mean, we've got uh, a bunch of betting on the game right now. What we still have available, obviously, is tomorrow's game. 
Uh, the Golden Knights are a slight favorite at minus 126. Uh, the total on that's five and a half, uh, under minus 120. Uh, puck line on that's, uh, Vegas minus one and a half plus 220. Uh, we also have, uh, we still have series prices up for that. Has that moved? Right now, excuse me? Has that moved? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now that they went up, uh, two to one, yeah, we're, uh, they're a heavy favorite minus 420 right now win the series, and we still have odds up for the exact score in the series as well. What are the odds that it goes seven? Do you have that in front of you? Um, I don't. Have, well, what I can tell you, the odds for the Wild to win in seven is plus 500. Hmm. The odds for the Knights to win is plus 340. Right now, the uh, betting uh, favorite is the Knights to win four to one. That's at plus 200. That's the favorite for them to win four straight and win it in five. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Really? Why not, Ryan? Because I, 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 we just we just got done talking about it. I, I thought last night's game was kind of a backbreaker for the Minnesota Wild. I wouldn't be surprised if the Golden Knights ride that momentum to another couple of wins quickly. Yeah, like like you said, especially with the way the third period ended, just in a disaster for them. I mean, had it, had they kept it to three two. Um, obviously, the game was a lot tighter than a three-goal game, but uh, I think you're right. It might have broken their backs. Uh, I, I need a couple of minutes to digest that because I'm <laughs> I, I'm uh, not quite as confident as uh, as the the numbers uh, appear to be. Uh, here's uh, Renee Warner, uh, director of food and beverages at Orleans. Uh, give me an idea. Sort of wet my appetite uh, for when we're over there at uh, the Orleans and Ballywick. Well, I'll tell you what. We are excited about this, and uh, of course, teaming up. But we've got the Great American Pub and Eatery. You've got mm-hmm. thirty plus uh, draft beers on hand with a lot of local draft beers. We've got specials, $2 off on all beverages and beers. We've got uh, pretty much appetizers starting between 6 to $10. Um, we're ready. Our menu is all over the place. We've got garlic fries all the way up to steak and lobster. You name it, we got it. So it's, uh, it's a good place to sit and watch the game. We've got somewhere around 30, uh, 19 televisions and one big screen we'll, we'll bring down. And, uh, you know, it's a fun atmosphere and we kind of ride that wave a little bit with the uh, Silver Knights in the arena, and it's just uh, it's a good marriage for the Gold Knights and Silver Knights. So I love it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Silver Knights starting their playoff run tonight uh, uh, against the San Jose Barracuda, and all three games will be played uh, at Orleans if necessary. Uh, game number two will be Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock, and game three uh, Monday at, at 1 o'clock. What's your favorite appetizer, Renee? Oh my gosh, probably the, uh, uh, that's a good one. The pretzel's always great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got this uh, Reuben egg roll we came up with about three years ago. It's like a Reuben sandwich stuffed into a gigantic egg roll and uh, killer, killer. Are you kidding uh, me right now? Yeah, <laughs> we've got some, something new, tuna pokey nachos, you know, for those people what? who just need to have a little tuna in their life. And then we've yep. got the regular old nachos, you you name it, we've got it, we've got We've got the shredded beef, the chicken, or if you're just vegetable, and that's what you like. We've got corn chowders, seafood chowders. We've got filet mignon, ribeye steaks. Um, we're all over the place. You're flipping the menu right so, now, aren't you? I can hear it. Yeah, we <laughs> definitely do. <laughs> so, I so what you're saying is... I can vouch for the uh, Reuben egg rolls, let me tell you that. <sighs> all right, so Reuben egg rolls are, are probably going to happen tomorrow. Like that, I, I can't turn that down. But listen, here here's the deal. Like What you're saying is this is... Every 
fans' destination to watch a great hockey game, get great food, and get their bets in. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're you're a stone throw away from the sports book. You come over next to uh, go go to Bailiwick and enjoy it. You know, Bailiwick is simply the place to be. And then you go back over and collect your bet after you win. Uh, yes, sir. And, and uh, now you can come sign up for the Be Connected Sports mobile app, and uh, you'd never even have to uh, leave Bailiwick. But if you did want to walk over, we have uh, eight, eight self-betting uh, kiosks. Um, there's really never a line, so come on in and make your bets. Uh, how's your how's your traffic been? Uh, is it is it back? Is it uh, coming? Uh, whereabouts are you? I mean, I, I can't really speak for Renee, but for the sports book, we never really uh, went away. Um, while we were shut down, obviously, but uh, when we first reopened, uh, I'm saying that was back in June. Um, there were so many sports available for us. We were one of the areas that stayed busy throughout the pandemic. I think. Uh, Sports kind of held everyone together. Uh, Renee, give me an idea. So tomorrow's game is at 5 o'clock. Uh, pre-game show starts at uh, 4 o'clock on Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK uh, radio network. Uh, what what do I have to do to make sure I get a good spot? You just come see us. We're, we're here. We're, we've got the spot right up front for you. And uh, we uh, walk in. Janie is the uh, manager. She loves the sports. She loves uh, the hockey. And she she'll take care of everybody. So, Ryan... Just make sure that uh, that you and I don't drop Janie's name at the same time. When yeah, we say, just drop oh, well. it at the same time. Okay. Oh, Renee said so. <laughs> hey, Dar- Darren, let's let's be honest here. I'm going to be there significantly earlier than you are. So, yeah. Like I, I've I've already got this on lock, buddy. You don't have to worry about. And anything. you can't ground and pound the booze like I can, because you're well, you're technically I, I might, working. I mean, I don't know. I might put in a word and just say that Darren Millard don't allow him in. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see him today. This is, this is a this is a happy zone for me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this is um, this is a fun time of the year. You got the NBA coming as well. The VGK, uh, the, like all comes together. Uh, what's what's the strategy, by the way, on on TVs? Like, how do you how do you guys divide up the uh, the pie there? You know, that's interesting, especially for us in a restaurant. So we try not to put any uh, volume up, so we can pretty much put things up that everyone likes. Mm-hmm. But when the Gold Knights play, uh, they're all on the Gold Knights, and the volume does come up. Oh, yeah, so- the Gold Knights take precedent on everything yep. right now. So you've got Dave and Shane just blar- blaring through the whole place, right? Pretty much. <laughs> uh, I like that idea. Uh, one one final push. Uh, give us uh, uh, the Coles notes on, on something that we should do when we walk into the, the place tomorrow, where we should go, and, and how to make sure that we have the best uh, possible uh, uh, experience. Well, you uh, pretty much get to the front of the bar in the front of the big screen, and that's going to be your place to be. Uh, that's the most synergy is. The dining room is off to the left. That's a little quieter. The lounge area is pretty big. We, uh, we have tall boys, big seats. We got about 25 seats around the bar, but the lounge in front of the bar is right in front of the big screen. That's where you're going to want to be. I love it. George? Yeah, just come on in. Uh... You can bet the game right now if you'd like. Uh, Any time from now till game time, and actually once have in-play betting on the kiosk in the mobile app, and so you can play straight throughout the. Hi, George. You just cut out a little bit. Uh, let me ask you about uh, hockey in-play betting. Is is that growing by a significant number? 
Yeah, in play for us has gotten bigger and bigger, yeah. and especially on the Golden Knights. Um, I had mentioned this a few days ago. Um, like last night was a good shot that when the Knights were down by two goals, you could have gotten a really nice number on the, on the Golden Knights. So typically they've been favored all year, but if they get behind a goal or two, you can uh, make some money on them. Yeah, with the way that they've rebounded in the second period, uh, that might be a good opportunity uh, to take advantage of it, Ryan. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know what, guys? It's going to be great to be out there tomorrow. I cannot wait. Thanks for joining us here. And I'm going to see you tomorrow. Darren will see you tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait, guys. Absolutely. Can't George, wait to see you guys. Uh, Should George, we put up on the board, uh, are there going to be more Ruben Eggrolls eaten or goals scored? Uh, well, Ooh. I can pretty much guarantee, based on this call, the egg rolls will win, and I don't know whether there's odds like that. I'm not sure you can actually put that up there. It, it wouldn't be worth the, the worth the while just based on Ryan and I uh, alone. Uh, that's going to be taken care of. All right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow. Be good. There's George Cole and uh, Renee Werner. Uh, George, the sportsbook manager at the Orleans, and uh, Renee is the director of food and beverage at Orleans uh, Ballywick. You can talk, uh, uh, go over there. Uh, a lot happening uh, around the Orleans. And again, tonight, uh, just across the walkway, is the uh, Henderson Silver Knights taking on the San Jose Barracuda. So they have it all. Uh, if you're a hockey fan, check it out. Uh, Ryan. You, I mean, they had me at Ruben egg rolls. Ruben egg like, rolls. That's, that's fascinating. Like Tuna I, nachos. I, I don't. I don't even. Like I've never thought about what that might be, and now it's all I can think about. How about the number uh, is 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 lowest or highest, whatever you want to, whichever way you look at it. Uh, you tell me. Uh, you being uh, more in, in the scene than I have, but uh, on a five game series like that, the. The, the lowest odds are on the five-game series. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I think that, you know, obviously when it comes to the Golden Knights, like in, in this market, like when it comes to betting, you, you've got you've to lean toward them being a, a heavy favorite. But I, I think that it's interesting just simply because I my read right now, if I'm just basing it off of my gut, is that I think it's more likely a Vegas Golden Knights win in five games than it is anything else. So you're saying and over Monday, over Monday at T-Mobile. I'm telling you right now, based on that second and third period, based on the feeling that I had watching the game and really kind of how I feel right now about the series, just in my gut, I, I, I think that that's more the direction that I'm leaning than anything else. Just think we get too caught up in in – the recency. I, I I think you're absolutely right, but the only the only pushback that I'll give you is that, you know, you asked me before the series started, like what my initial thoughts were, like what I thought was going to happen in game one, and I was like, I don't have one, right? Mm-hmm. I I don't know that I feel going into this series against Minnesota particularly confident or unconfident. I, I just don't really have a read on this series. Right now, and it took till the end of game three and, and really the next day waking up with it for me to actually have a real read on this series. And my gut's telling me that the Golden Knights, that win last night was a a humongous one in the landscape of this series. Yeah, so much uh, momentum that was turned to mid-game, never mind mid-series. I always thought the Golden Knights were going to win. I expected it to go at least six. And uh, and left the door open for seven. So uh, the the optimism I'll embrace. 
I like it. I like what I'm hearing uh, about it. And uh, you should be optimistic uh, based on the second and third periods last night. Uh, we have our ratings. We have uh, some uh, audio coming up from Pete DeBoer and Alec Martinez and a great exchange with Nick Holden. He is uh, goofy, and he's my favorite uh, member of the Vegas Golden Knights. It's a VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. McNabb ahead on the left wing. Stevenson to the middle. Stone scores! Chandler Stevenson from the left wall. Put it in front. And there's the captain, Mark Stone, from between the circles. Rips it by the goaltender, Cam Talbot. And all of a sudden, Gary, it's a one-goal game. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Tense after one. Just euphoria after two. And (laughs) unbridled enthusiasm after the game. Uh, We've got uh, our ratings on last night's uh, convincing victory by the Vegas Golden Knights over the Minnesota Wild coming up. We'll also chat about uh, media availability today. Usually you listen to media availability, but today we're going to chat about media availability because of what happened between Nick Holden and Alec Martinez. Uh, Also, Bring you up to date with John Taveras and uh, the situation there. Uh, a very scary situation uh, and incident last night between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. An accidental collision with Corey Perry. And uh, so there's positive news on that front. But uh, right now, let's bring in our good friend, Dr. Odell. How are you? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing? We're doing uh, great. Uh, thanks for joining. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace and the BGK Insider Show. Uh, so I uh, wanted to lean on you uh, a little bit because uh, there's some 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 situation with our, our producer he's got some he's got gout and it's painful and we're listening to it uh, non-stop about painful how painful it is <laughs> which is true and and it is i don't want to diminish the fact that uh, that he's uh, he's experiencing discomfort but what i would like you to do can you find a way or can you uh treat him to where he's not in so much pain so he doesn't talk about it so much yeah actually i can um <clears throat> I uh, uh, did a little bit of research on it. Um, I my thought I had gout myself. I've had some various uh, various joints flaring up. Uh, usually not traditionally the big toe, but what I would do is just block them myself with steroid and it would go away. I don't recommend you do that unless you know what you're doing. But but I could certainly see him and uh, perform some blocks where uh, uh, the steroid would really just knock it out. Uh, Gout is a very interesting problem. Uh, it was discovered in the in the 17th century. It reached epidemic proportions in Britain. It affected mostly the nobility, the rich and the educated. So it was felt as people who indulged in excess food and alcohol. And it was kind of the original example of uh, diet and overconsumption. And so one of the original diseases of civilization. And that has persisted for a long time. But I discovered... <laughs> doing my research, that the causes might be a little different. Uh, we specialize here in actually treating diseases. I don't really care what causes it. I mean, I do care. We try to find out. But with our techniques, we can often treat the illness because there's a uh, the pain because there's a final common pathway that the body uh, takes in many, many cases. For example, if the lung is, is, is uh, affected uh, by, by any one of a number of things, they go into what they call shot lung or adult respiratory distress syndrome, which is the only way really the lung can, can react. Neuropathy, pain in the nerves, uh, they, they, they kind of go numbness and tingling and, 
and and various things that are that are kind of a a, a single response. Gout is the same way. It's it's the deposition of uric acid, these crystals in the joints, and uh, it uh, can be extremely painful. But there are really great ways of uh, knocking it right out. You can also take allopurinol. Uh, I assume he's taking that. Allopurinol will will actually block the formation by lowering uh, uric acid uh, uh, level, causing uric acid to be metabolized. Are you doing so it's, that, it's Brian? Interesting Are disease. Are you doing that, Chris? You're not. Okay. Well, that that's that's where we'll oh, start. Geez, okay, Chris. Come on. <laughs> so. So, I, uh, Dr. O'Dell, I, I know you, you kind of are, are curious and, and, and focused on treating, um, treating the pain, but I, I guess kind of the question is, like, how does, how does one get gout? Like, what are, what are some of the common ways to get gout, or is it not really uh, just reduced down to one or two indicators or factors? It used to be thought that it was due to the uh, uh, overproduction of purines, which is the final common pathway of the metabolism of proteins now um and it it and that that uh the disease really went out of fashion for a long time but now it seems to have doubled over the last uh, quarter century and it's it's reportedly increased in the obese what it's thought now to be due to uh and this was a, a researcher named mays who wrote a seminal paper in 1993 a chemist peter mays that the pattern of increased sugar consumption will explain the appearance of gout. This is because sucrose increases glucose, increases insulin, and increases insulin resistance, which I'm sure many of your listeners have heard about. This this decreases the secretion of uric acid in the kidney. At the kidney, it's blocked. Now, fructose, which is another sugar, it's like maple syrup and the higher molecular weight sugars, also increase uric acid production. Again, the uric acid, if it's too high, it forms crystals, which are extremely painful in the joints. Um, it also decreases uric acid secretion. So, so if you increase the, uh, the uric acid, you are going to get these crystals uh, forming these very painful, uh, uh, very painful uh, 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 crystalline structures that are really sharp edges in your joint, which of course explains the pain. Uh, so perhaps losing weight and watching the sugar metabolism really more than like the red meat that, you know, with the purines and that stuff like we used to think is probably better better advice. Uh, Chris, are you listening to that? Yes. Okay, he is listening to that. Uh, if, uh, if Chris <laughs> w- if wants to come by or anybody else uh, with, uh, with uh, an experience with gout wants to come by, how do they get in touch with you or how they uh, come and see you? We at the uh, eighty eighty four West Sahara. Uh, our number is two five seven pain, or two five seven seven two four six. We treat almost everything uh, painful. And, and one of my messages to your listeners: I know the, the knights have a, a wide variety of listeners' age group. By the way, two of the knights live in my complex, so I'm very proud of that. Uh, Marsha Show and uh, and um, the uh, learner. But um, um, the, what what we what, what we what I try to tell people, the older people, is just because you're old, you don't need to have to have pain. It could it could be gout, it could be any one of variety of things, osteoarthritis. There's some fantastic new treatments coming down. So many so that to the extent that if you have pain in your knees from arthritis, we really probably will not need a total knee replacement. I think that will be replaced. I know the orthopedic surgeons listening may not like me, but 
Uh, total hip replacements are, are a breeze. You, you do so much better afterwards. But total knee replacements are really, really, really hurt afterwards. And 20% of them, they don't get better. And it's, 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 we can actually help somebody who's had a total replacement that still hurts. We can also help with that. But, you know, there, there, there's, uh, there, there's, we have a machine that decreases inflammation for more long-term help. Uh, steroids will decrease something acute like gout. Uh, you don't want to overuse steroids for a variety of reasons, but you, we, can, we can inject that right into the joint. I've done that to myself several times, and it's worked like a charm. Uh, what I do is I inject just above that, so that when I when I when I would inject the area that's inflamed, it wouldn't really 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 hurt. See what happens is, when when a part of the body is inflamed, there's what they call secondary or uh, sensitization, which means there's increased sensitivity to the pain. That's just because of the way we're wired. Uh, it, it's it's it, and if you would inject an inflamed area and you would inject that same inflamed area a week later, maybe you're still a little inflamed, it wouldn't hurt nearly as much. So there's like a couple of reasons why it can really hurt. But we can actually block that by, by blocking proximally or blocking in front of where the nerves come to that area so uh, the patient can tolerate it much better. I, I, you know, I do regional anesthesia all the time. You know, that's what, that's what pain management is. And, and I know where the nerves are. I know where to block them. And all this stuff is really safe. It really is. Uh, appreciate it. We covered a lot of ground, but we have to fly. Uh, that's the VGK injury update. Uh, Dr. Odell, you be safe. I will. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you. And we continue on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.